0: The chairman of the Madurai chapter, Arvind Solomalai. The CEO of Native Lead, Mr. Nagaraj Prakasam. Former senior executive in Native Lead, now CEO of Startup TN, Mr. Sivraj Ramnathan. The other gentleman on the stage, Mr. N. Sugumar, who is due to give the closing remarks, Mr. J.K. Muttu. Ladies, gentlemen, entrepreneurs, investors, friends, good morning. Thank you for inviting me to this very important and very uh, heartening, encouraging event. Let me start by saying I'm a bit uh, out of my control. I apologize, we started a bit late, but hopefully we won't spend that much time. I won't take much of your time. This is a very important event uh, for multiple reasons. Now, the mm-hmm. 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 நி தத்துவம் எதற்காக ஒரு சமுதாயத்தை எந்த வாலியில் அனைவருக்கும் பங்கருக்கும் சமூக நீதியை நிலை முடியும் அனைவருக்கும் கல்வி கொடுத்து அனைவருக்கும் பொருளாகார பங்கு உருவாக்கற ஒரு அரசாங்கம் நம்ளால் இக்க முடியும் Anybody can talk. Everybody talks. Question is, every time you open your mouth, every time I take the cap off my pen, every time I sign a file, do I ask the question, does this further the cause of social justice? Does this match the philosophy that we talk about? Does this match the value system that we came here for? If it does, I sign it. If I don't, I send it back. That's the great luxury of having a guy like me who understands how to read the files and ask the questions. What does it matter what my philosophy is? If I keep talking and no results come, it doesn't matter if my philosophy is one-directional or other-directional. So the key is to always keep the philosophy in mind, ensure that you apply it in action, in scheme, in system, in execution, in fund allocation, in every aspect of governance, and then ensure that you get the outcomes. This is the most complicated part because even if you can get the scheme designed doesn't mean it goes into execution and comes out with the results you want. I'll start in a different perspective and come back to the results at the end of my speech. The Chief Minister has given us a direction. One aspect of social justice is that we should leave nobody behind. No district should be left behind. Uh, Rural should not be left behind compared to urban. All communities should be given access. Therefore, we create funding plans, we execute laws or schemes to support that philosophy. That's how we started Tansim, that's how we started the Adi Dravidar Special Seed Fund. That's why we set up yesterday, I signed a file to fully execute the SCST commission that the Chief Minister announced with 60 staff just to look at that one issue. When we do that, what we are trying to do is translate intent into outcome. That is the hardest thing to do. The larger the system, the more the factors that are beyond your control and the harder it is to get the intended result based on where you start. The government is the biggest beast there is. The amount of inefficiency, the amount of complexity is mind-boggling. Unlike in private enterprises, many of them are many times the scale of the government at Tamil Nadu. But in private enterprises, you have both incentives and disciplinary controls. If people violate something, you can take immediate action. If people do particularly well, you can pay them more, you can promote them, you can give bonuses. You can do all these things because that's what organizational design, theory, structure, science teaches you. And most large companies, most large entities do that. But in the government, we can hardly do any of that. We are stuck with a very limited series of choices. We have a small pool of officers. If we lose one of them, there's no way to replace them. You have to go through a process that takes two or five years. If we set aside one of them, there's that much work left to be done that somebody else cannot do. If we try to incentivize them, the system is very rigid. It's not like I can pay bonuses like at an investment bank. So we have a system that is inherently not designed anywhere near the best systems in the world. The solution to that was supposed to be the constitution. In the constitution, we were supposed to have the checks and balances. We were supposed to have the different pillars. We were supposed to have uh, functional entities like DVAC Like uh, CAG, like, uh, you know, public accounts committees. In fact, many of them are not working properly. If any, I don't know which one is working perfectly as of today. As designed or intended by the founders of the cost In this context, it is very, very difficult for a government like ours to hands-on drive growth. We can control the fisk of the state. We can set up the right macro environment. We can set up the right kind of safety and protection schemes for the bottom of the pyramid. We can be thoughtful in policy about education, alignment, access, quotas, reservation, all of these things we can do well. What we cannot do is create. That creation comes from entrepreneurs. That creation comes from people who see a problem want to fix it and want to do good for themselves or their community or both in the process. That is the hardest thing that we can only influence indirectly, we can't do directly. Of course, we try some steps like creating a startup mission, like appointing the right people, like allocating seed money. I'm also the chairman of the Tamil Nadu Infrastructure Fund Management Corporation, alternate asset manager. We're just about to start a Um, series of new funds, and we've just announced a um, seed investment fund as well. So we can provide a bit of capital. But in any market, things operate at two or three different levels. I used to operate in the capital markets as an investment banker. There is the big liquid markets of the world, whether it's the equity markets, the fixed income markets, where hundreds of billions of dollars a day In some cases, trillions of dollars a day, like the money markets in the U.S. where I started my career. Two trillion dollars will change hands every day with an average life of seven days or ten days. That is a super efficient market. Then you go from there to an intermediate market like banks where people put their money into the banks and then the banks decide who's got creditworthiness, how should they lend, etc. And then you go to... The kind of private link market that, that things like native lead and native and angel investors do, where you go from person to person with no regulated entity in the middle, this is the hardest to do because there is no kind of disciplinary framework where you say you have to be vested in this much you have to have this ratio you have to have this uh, character. These are the kinds of things that really are Uh, the grey area, but also the greatest leverage area in an economy. In our case, the value of such networks and the value of such investors is professionally high and structurally profound compared to an advanced economy, because in an advanced economy, already a lot of things happen in the big markets. In our country, the debt market almost doesn't exist because of various limitations, including a judicial system that cannot give you outcomes in reasonable time. So the amount of capital that flows through the markets in the U.S., for example, is 80%. Only 20% goes through intermediaries. In India, we'd be lucky if 20% of the debt goes through the market as opposed to through the banks. So the need for this bottom of the pyramid, without access to the large markets, without being able to raise money in hundreds of crores or thousands of crores, that is very high in India and that is precisely the place where uh, the efforts of all of you come in, hopefully mutually beneficially, because just as it is important for entrepreneurs to have capital, it is equally important for those with capital to find investment opportunities. I would say the stock markets in India are less than transparent and less than efficiently valued if I just say it mildly. So then you have to look for other opportunities. And as somebody spoke earlier, if most of the investment is going into real estate and gold, then really it is not efficient for a country, a country that harnesses its capital towards startups, towards productive enterprises, is going to get much better results than those who are looking for passive growth or those where the the investment goes largely into passive growth, unproductive growth. The value of real estate going up doesn't create jobs. It doesn't give a multiplier effect. In our case, we try our best to help as a government in multiple ways. One is through the startup mission. One is through capital raising, as I said. Another is to improve the quality of the workforce through the chief minister's scheme called non-Mughalwan, where we try our best to increase the skill of those in the job market or those likely to enter the job market, starting with those in the schools. The other aspect of this entity's approach that I really like is the notion of decentralized, which the CEO talked about. It is beyond debate that decisions taken locally, customized to local conditions with accountability to the local stakeholders are likely to be much more impactful than universal decisions taken trying to agglomerate people of great diversity into one place. In that sense, um, which is the chicken and which is the egg? I just came back from Bombay last week. I gave a lecture. uh, It was called the Independence Lecture in memory of the founder of the Mumbai Literary Festival. I said the most profound problem we have facing democracy today, all over the world, is excessive and rising inequality, whether that is the United States, whether that is Europe, whether that is India, whether, most countries in the world, with rare exceptions, you have huge and rising inequality, and if you have that much inequality, Many, many people get left behind and start asking what's in it for me to continue with this model of democracy. In India, it's extreme. If you look at any statistic in a place like Uttar Pradesh or Bihar compared to Tamil Nadu, we are not in the same ballpark. Question is, how did we get this far apart? At Independence, we were all practically almost the same. In fact, even up till about 1990, the best and the worst was not more than 1 is to 2 or 2 is to 1. Now, there are statistics on which you can find 8 is to one, ten is to 1. How did this inequality, which is the root problem of all democracies today, how did this get this far ahead? I think the more centralization you do, the more inequality you're going to drive, because you cannot customize the solution to the place. My suggestion multiple times to the 15th Finance Commission, to uh, the audience in Mumbai, is that the number one thing the northern states must do, the poorer states must do, is what we did back in 1921 as the Justice Party, which is to empower women and to keep them in school as long as possible single most important thing, if you do not have women with equal access to education and equal outcomes in education, meaning what percentage of them stay till 12th class, what percentage of them get 10 years of education, if you cannot fix that problem, no other problem can be solved. In fact, I'll go, I'll make a challenge We talk about something called the Gujarat model, most of us have now figured out what the limitations of that model are. Today, The per capita income in Gujarat may be a few thousand rupees higher than the per capita income in Tamil Nadu. But both are more than double the Indian average. On the other hand, for every thousand people, there are four doctors in Tamil Nadu. There's only one in Gujarat. Even that is acceptable, maybe. What is not acceptable is that in Tamil Nadu, where more than 85% of girls come out of high school, in Gujarat, that number is like 50 or 60%. That will be a dead weight on the Gujarat economy for another generation. They cannot catch up with Tamil Nadu in inclusiveness or in social development or in health or in any other metric unless they fix that metric. And that metric will take one generation to fix because you have to start talking and working with the girls who are now in elementary school. You have to create the environment that allows them. You can't fix that metric overnight. So these are the things you have to get right. If you get inclusion right, starting with women, then all communities, then through education, then you get everything else right. But what you are doing is the icing on the cake. If we got all those things right in the government, we still cannot create growth. Growth has to come from entrepreneurs who provide jobs, who create value, and that can come in multiple ways. We also want large investors where we give lots of incentives. But for every one job, it takes 30 or 40 lakhs of capital in a large manufacturing company, automobile company, a chip company. Of course, they'll have second order, third order. They'll have OEMs. They'll have second tier OEMs. They'll create jobs. They'll create economic multipliers in the economy and so forth. But if you look at per job created, the Tamil Nadu statistics are for every one and a half lakhs of capital, you get a job created in the MSME space. Then you take that to the specialized space of startups where you can actually scale rapidly, as uh, my friend Mr. Kummerweil spoke. That scaling is the unique thing about startups, that you can actually scale 100,000, 10,000, a million X if you have the right technology in the right place. Then you can create that many more jobs and that much more growth. So in that sense, uh, more such efforts, more such groups... Are needed, And groups like yours should show the way. And I completely endorse this notion that you should get a thousand investors and many more branches. I'm happy to join as an investor myself, incidentally. Uh, so. But let me conclude by saying a few things. First, uh, it was a very special, uh, personal joy for me to hand over the award in the name of a close family friend of ours, Mr. J.D. Naidu and his son and his grandson, all of whom have been uh, in my lifetime close friends, to a senior of mine from Lovedale, Swami, who's doing such interesting work and uh, who's working closely with the IIT Research Park, where I've also visited, along with him, to meet Dr. Junjun Lala. I'll say two more things. In the state of Tamil Nadu, with the guidance of our chief minister, we have been able to make phenomenal, remarkable progress in getting our fiscal house in order. Whatever we stated in the revised estimate in March was already an amazing turnaround after seven years of continuous decline. Now that the final numbers have come, I can tell you that we significantly outperformed where we said we were going to be. In fact, when it comes, it will be a historical improvement. Never in the history of any place would we have seen that much improvement in one year, in a year where we had the second wave and the third wave and massive rains and fulfilled all our election not all, but many of our election. Manifesto promises and spent about 20,000 crores more than our predecessor said. After that, we have cut the revenue deficit by a record amount never seen before. How do we do that? We do that by what I started. Every file, every issue, every bill, every statement, every scheme, everything we apply, that level of professional discipline filter, I called all my team and we got the numbers and I congratulated them. I said, this is not any one man's effort. Everything starts with the chief minister. He empowers us. He gives us full support. But it is every one of us doing every one of these jobs correctly for a year. At the end of that, we get this outcome. It doesn't fall from the sky. I'm now convinced that we are on a very, very good path because some of you may have seen the CAG numbers that were stated in the paper for this year I've just finished talking about last year the June numbers are looking so good the first quarter that even if they turn out to be a bit unsustainable we will still end with another record improvement this year and phenomenally better than uh, the worst case scenario and well 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 within the limits set for us by the union government two days in a row Maybe that's why they keep targeting us. Everybody else goes and asks for relaxation. Every year we outperform the limit they have set, and we don't need to go and ask for special permission for anything. And they worry what's happening here. But having said all of that, I just want to say one thing. Because of learning the job, because of making sure the ship that had been going the wrong direction for seven years, eight years, every year a new record revenue deficit, a new record low CAPEX spending as a percentage of GSDP. I want to make sure we turn the ship around. Now I'm very, very confident the ship is at least going in the right direction. With God's grace, faster. But if not, it's still going in the right direction. Now I'm saying we've got to turn our attention, at least in my case, to Madurai and my constituency. So I can tell you that we are already in
1: discussions
0: with one of the top two or three Indian companies with one of the top Australian companies with one of the top two or three American companies. We'll get all the papers together, we'll get the CM's blessing and pretty soon we'll announce a major investment uh, into Tamil Nadu, into Madurai, where we can start on a new path uh, in terms of jobs and high-tech um, kind of professional opportunities. And that will be the beginning. I, You know, I made some commitments. I said we would fix the water systems and the drainage systems. The lack of information has been appalling, disheartening. But slowly, slowly we've collected a lot of it. And I think it's taken us a year, a little over a year, because we lost a lot of time due to two waves of COVID. But now our speed has picked up. So I commit to you here that in the next... 18 to 24 months, we'll see some major changes in Madurai. We'll start seeing the face of Madurai change, the job opportunities in Madurai change, the economy of Madurai change. That's what the people elected us to do. Such things should happen in all second-tier cities. That's consistent with the Chief Minister's notion that no place should be left behind, that 100% of the growth and opportunity should not come in one place. And as much as we can do as a state, it's all of you in eight of your branches, in your own cities, breaking that efficiency barrier or inefficiency barrier where you're able to connect the right entrepreneurs with the right investors to create the maximum value-added growth in jobs, growth in the economy, growth in exports. And so you're doing very, very important work that nobody else can do. I wish you all a lot of success. I hope you have a very wonderful event today where you get a lot of productive outcomes and that you do more of these events on a regular basis and expand your reach to cover more entrepreneurs and more investors. Thank you very much again.